are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Our topic tonight is on the subject of punctuality, being on time. That's kind of strange, you know, coming from a Filipino, you know, the expression, <laughs> Filipino time, amen. <laughs> yeah, but uh, we'll take a look at that, and uh, <laughs> what's, God, what's a Filipino got to teach me about being on time, amen? <laughs> well, it's not the Filipino talking, it's the Christian talking right now, and so we'll talk about that, so punctuality, and, and by the way, I'm not talking about you that just, you know, just came in right now, I mean, you literally just came from work. And you're rushing here. There was no way for you to make it on time. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about those that can make it on time but did not make it on time. No. Come on, guys. Don't be quiet like that. Laugh. That was a funny, all right? And so let me just read some verses, and then we'll read Galatians chapter 4. Genesis 18, verse 14. Is anything too hard for the Lord at the time appointed? I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Exodus chapter 9 and verse 5. And the Lord appointed a set time, saying, Tomorrow the Lord shall do this thing in the land. Daniel 8 verse 19. And he said, Behold, I will make thee know what shall be in the last end of the indignation, for at the time appointed the end shall be. And then you're right there, Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law. Our Heavenly Father, we do ask your blessing now on the Bible study tonight. I thank you for your people and the efforts that they made just to be in church tonight. I do ask that you bless our time together. So I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. By way of introduction, you'll, you'll say, what's that got to do with uh, punctuality? We'll, we'll tie that all in at the end there. By, the, by way of introduction, t- tonight may I say that we live in a society where people, for the most part, are obsessed with themselves. Not everybody, but it seems like as a general attitude, most people are con- uh, obsessed by themselves, with themselves. It's all about me, myself, and I, even the, the name YouTube, all right? It's all about who? You. That's what it is. In fact, that's how it started. You know, take your own videos and promote yourself. That's what it's all about. Now, you say, well, you can use YouTube in a good way. Yeah, I'm not saying you can't. I'm just saying that for the most part, um, many people, most people are all about themselves. Facebook, a lot of that is all about you, promoting yourself. Instagram is all about us. And that attitude of, it's all about me, causes us to act a certain way. Our attitude determines our behavior. And so that attitude of me, myself, and I, this attitude of selfishness, uh, in a a way, and I'll say it, uh, it it contributes also to this uh, uh, sin of tardiness, all right, and of not being punctual. What we, what we believe about others and ourselves will reveal itself in our behavior. 
If we think we are more important than others, then we don't care about their time. That's a, that's a statement right there. If we think we are more important than others, then we won't care about their time. Uh, by way of introduction also, George Washington lived by a set of rules and uh, rules of civility and decent behavior. Some of the things on that list would seem strange in our day now and probably not even pra practical to observe. But if you read that list, there is an, there's a prevailing attitude as far as, you know, why he, he did what he did. There is a prevailing attitude. Let me just give you some uh, um, example. Uh, one, the, the rule number one says, every action done in company ought to, be, ought to be with some sign of respect to those that are present. And it says, when you're with others, treat others with respect. Don't do things that will be rude or crude to other people. It says, in the, in the presence of company, always treat them with respect. I think we lose that nowadays. You know, nowadays, we don't really care what other people think as long as we get our point across. But he lived by that code. He says, you know what, when I'm in the company of others, I always seek to treat them with respect. Uh, another rule, uh, sleep not when others speak, just like what some of you are doing right now. Uh, <laughs> sit not when others stand. Speak not when you should hold your peace. Walk not on when others stop. There's a prevailing attitude there, okay? He's, he's thinking about the other person, okay? Uh, number next, it says, put not off your clothes in the presence of others. Be decent in front of others. It says, it says uh, not, not, nor go out of your chambers half-dressed, okay? Of course, he was uh, the general in the... Uh, uh, Revolutionary War, he was our first president. There was a dignity to his office. And he never came out of his chambers half-dressed. He was always proper. But nowadays, we don't care what people see, you see. And so, uh, but, but not back then. It says, show not yourself glad at misfortune of another, though he were your enemy. That sounds like Bible, by the way. Okay, don't be happy when somebody is, has a misfortune, even though they never liked you to begin with and, and never showed that. Uh, it says, in visiting the sick, do not presently play the physician if you be not knowing therein. <laughs> you know, you visit somebody that's sick, say, oh, have you tried this and this and this and this? You know what? If you guys don't know anything about the subject, drop it. And that's what he's talking about. Don't pretend to be an expert when you're not. And uh, play not the peacock, looking everywhere about you to see if you, were, if you, he, if you be well decked in your shoes, fit, uh, and your, if your shoes fit well in your, in, if your stockings, that when, that's when they wore stockings back then, uh, ne uh, sit neatly and clothes handsomely. He says, don't be so concerned about your appearance. Okay? Don't be walking around like that. Okay, which we do nowadays, amen. Speak not in an unknown tongue, in company, but in your own language, and that as those of quality do, and not in the vulgar, sublime matters treat seriously. And I speak more than one language. I speak Tagalog. You know what he's saying? You know, if people don't understand what you're saying, don't talk when they're there. 
But, Rapusa, yeah. How do you feel when somebody talking in a foreign language and you're there, you don't understand what they're talking about? You're thinking they're talking about you. That is rude. But we don't believe that nowadays, but that's okay. It's still good. Do you, still, do, you, do you see the attitude there, the prevailing attitude? He was more concerned about the feeling of the other person than about him. Okay, so you can speak a, a, a lot. I hate it when you, you go to the store and the people in the, in the, on the counter talking all kinds of language. You can understand them. I said, man, talk English. Amen. We're in America here. Amen. Amen. I don't understand what you're talking about. You're probably talking about me, but talk English. I can understand that. Hey, man, brother. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Preach on. It's okay to say amen during Wednesday night. There you go. Uh, <laughs> here's a funny one. Rinse not your mouth in the presence of others. <laughs> That's part of the rules. Amen. That's a good thing to do. And don't be drinking your soda. That's rude. All right. And then he talks about if you're in a company of somebody that has a higher position, don't eat before them. Let them start first. But then in the, second, in the next rule, it says, if you're the guy that uh, have a better position, it says, make sure you don't eat so fast that some people don't get to eat their meat at all. But see the, see the concern there again? It's about the other person. It's about the other person. And it says, when you speak of God or his attributes, let it be seriously and with reverence, Honor and obey your natural parents, although they be poor. And it says, you know what? Even if your status in life has gone high, but your parents are still poor, you should still honor your parents. You see, again, the attitude of thinking about the other person. That's why he was so honored, because he honored others. You see... We talk about civility today, but we have no concept of what it takes to be civil. Civility is rooted in what God says in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 3. It says there, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Because we are so self-centered, we have lost our civility. That's why people act the way they do. They don't care what you think. They don't care what people see. They don't care what people hear. All they care about is them. You see, and we've lost our civility in our society. Now, let that be the actions of the world, but let not that be the actions of Christians, the children of God. There ought to be a difference. And God did say that we are peculiar people. We are a holy nation. There has to be something different about us. It should not be that we live just like everybody else and we behave just like everybody else and we think like everybody else. No, there ought to be a different because we are different. Not that we're holier than thou, but we are different. We represent a holy God. And because we represent a holy God, we ought to be a holy people, amen? We ought to be different than the rest of the world. And again, that's not being proud or being hateful. It's just, just honoring God. 
You see, we do it not for the sake, you know, for how we look to others. We do it for God and also is it good for other people? You see, it's not about us. It's never been about us. It's up to us Christians to model a civility to the world. Now, what's that got to do with punctuality? That's part of it. God is punctual. He is always on time. It's never too early. He's never too late. He's always on time. You see, uh, since he is, guess what? We should strive to be also. Again, using the example of George Washington and many of the founding fathers thought the same way. But he's, he, he, he believed that punctuality was a character trait of civility. When he asked a man to bring by some horses, he was intrigued, uh, interested in buying at 5 in the morning and the man arrived 15 minutes late. He was told by the stable groom that the general had been waiting there at 5 but had now moved on to other business and that he wouldn't be able to examine the horses again until the following week. 15 min minutes and he's gone. And by the way, I read about how he, he made his schedule. He made his schedule by the minute. George Washington, that's why he accomplished so much. He knew what he was going to do that day and, how, how, and every minute was accounted for. And so when the farmer did not show up at 5, guess what? He says, you know what? I'm not going to wait for that. I got other things to do. You see, he believed in being punctual. When he told Congress that he'd meet with them at noon, he could almost be found striding into the chamber just as the clock was striking 12. So he says, I'll meet you at 12. Guess what? He will be there at 12. Punctuality. Uh, when he ate dinner, he always ate dinner at 4 o'clock at night. And sometimes he would ask members of Congress to come by and eat with him. And sometimes uh, the members of Congress would be uh, surprised because they come there late and they find out that the, uh, General Washington was almost done with his meal. And then he'd tell them, I says, you know, we are punctual here. The cook doesn't ask if the guests are here. The cook asks, is it time? And they start on time. You see? And, uh, and so uh, when Washington's secretary arrived late to a minute and blamed his watch for his tardiness, Washington quietly replied, then you must get another watch or I another secretary. They said, man, that's rough. No, that's right. Hey, man. That was a different era, but the principle is still timeless and it's good for us today. And again, it, it boils down to this. Do you really care about others? And that's the whole idea here. And that, and that message, is all, it's all going to be here. It's uh, practical. I hope it is practical. But you know what? The whole idea, the, the principle is that do you really care about others? You see, none of us are perfect. Okay, Filipino time, been guilty of Filipino time, amen? Yeah, because that's what I am, so I have an excuse. No, none of us are perfect. We fail once in a while, but you know what? But if it is a habit of being late, if it is a habit of not accomplishing what you promised to accomplish, we can change that. And we should change that because our God is not that way. You see? We do it for him. Now, let's go some reasons why it's important to be punctual. Being on time reveals our integrity. Being on time reveals our integrity. You know, a person of integrity is a person of their word. If we are people of integrity, others should be able to count on what we say. God is a God of integrity. Can we count on what he says? Of course we can, okay? God, in fact, the Bible says it's impossible for God to lie. 
okay? And he says, at the time appointed, okay? Whenever it was, it was due for Christ to be born, he was born, all right? God, you can count on God. Whatever he promises in the future will happen in the future because God says so. He is a God of integrity. We can count on his word, okay? And so people of integrity show up when they say they will show up. If we make an appointment to meet someone at noon and we show up at 12.30 without an excuse, that shows that we have no integrity. Whether we like it or not, that's what, it's, that's what, the other, that's what I think. Somebody says, okay, I'll meet you there. What time? He says, well, I'll meet you at noon. And they, they never call and they're, they're there 15 minutes later. You know, I says, you lied. You told me you're going to be there at 12. You didn't even call and tell me why you're going to be late. And you know, how can I trust you? Okay, but a, a punctual man is a man of integrity. When we tell someone that we'll meet them at a certain time, that is a promise. Okay, but if we're habitually breaking our promise for no reason, we don't even tell others, guess what? It's hard to build integrity. Okay, and so you know, let's work on that. So if I'm not there by that time, my word is no good. But if I'm there when I say I would be there, you know what I'm showing? I'm showing you, you can count on what I say. You know, there was a time in this country when people did not write contracts. It was what? Their word. It was an insult to say, can you write that down and sign it? It was an insult. I said, no, I told you, I promised you I'm going to pay it at that time. I will pay it. It was a matter of pride to say, no, I'm a man of my word. I told you I'll do it. I will do it. You see, but now, man, you got contracts, you got all these words that you, you don't even know what it means, you know. And so they, they bind you that way, there's no way to escape because now they know you're not going to keep your word. Okay, but that's not how it's supposed to be. You see, so uh, being on time reveals our integrity. Being on time shows dependability. If people are expecting us to be certain places at a certain time and we are always uh, there, you know what? That's dependability. That's a good testimony. Okay, you are at work and you're supposed to be at work at a certain time and you're always there on time. Guess what? People see that, by the way. People notice that. They also notice the other way. When you're always late. Okay? And uh, uh, if we're habitually late, our boss or whoever's depending on us cannot depend on us. If we're not dependable, we limit our usefulness to those who are depending on us. And if we're always coming up with excuses, we're not useful. Uh, Benjamin Franklin said this, he said to an employee who was always late but always ready with an excuse, I have generally found that the man who is good at an excuse is good for nothing else. Man, that's rough. No, that's life. That's what people think. If you're always making excuse for being late, you know what? They say, you know, you're probably not, not good for anything else but excuses. Oh, man, that sounded rough. It's true. Uh, being on time reveals our integrity. See that, you know what? That helps us. Because when we're convicted, now I hope I, it's not coming through us being mean, but if we're convicted, then God wants us to do something about it. You see? Don't, don't throw away the conviction that God puts in our heart and get angry. No, let's do something about it. Amen. And so being on time, real integrity, dependability. Being on time keeps us from stressing out. If we're always leaving for work 10 minutes uh, before your shift starts, but it takes you 20 minutes to get there, guess what? You will be stressed out. 
going 90 miles an hour, looking behind you and says, man, I hope there's no CHP behind me. Okay, and then just screech into a, to a halt and then just barely making it. What happens when there's traffic one day? You're late. It keeps you from stressing out if you, always, if you make provision to be on time. Being on time shows discipline. When we are habitually on time, we can show that we can organize our time, take care of details, we can set aside pleasures to take care of business. Okay? We show that we have control of the events in our lives instead of being controlled by the events. Okay, if we're always apologizing, I'm sorry, you know, I just got busy. I'm sorry, I just got busy. I'm sorry, I'm late. I, I just got busy. I'm sorry. You know what it's showing other people? You're out of control. You are out of control. You can't control the events. You're always late. You're always trying to come up with excuses. Amen. Okay, and help me out, all right? And so say amen. It's good. It's all good. And, uh, but Bruce, man, that's, that's hitting me right now. The more you say amen, cover it up. Okay? That way people don't know it's you. Amen? <laughs> just, just so it shows discipline. Being on time, by the way, shows humility. You know, there's a bumper sticker that says, always late but worth the wait. May I tell you this? That's not true. If you have that on your bumper sticker, take it off. Amen? <laughs> it ain't true. Okay? Because people get annoyed when you're always late. Okay? And you're not worth the wait. Okay? <laughs> Boy, nobody's going to be here Sunday. <laughs> Sorry, Pastor. No. So, what should be our attitude? Our attitude should be Romans 12, chapter 12, verse 3. For I say, though, that through the grace that is given to me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. That goes to all of us. It shows humility. And tied with that, it shows respect for others. To be late is a selfish act. It puts our needs above that of others. So, but they don't understand. But, uh, they don't understand what I'm going through. And I know. But if you make people wait, what you're saying is, I don't really care about your time. All I care about is my time. That's exactly how it comes across. You see, let, this, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, as we read. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. You see, God talks about lowliness of mind. Then the next verse talks about caring for the needs of others before your own. And that's what Jesus did for us so we can be saved. So let's say we set up a time to meet with someone, but along the way to the meeting, we thought of something we needed to do first. So we go ahead and, and, uh, and do what we thought we needed to do and go to the meeting late. That shows lack of respect to the person we're going to meet. You don't know what they had to do to keep that appointment. Did they change time with families just so they can keep that appointment? Did they have to put work aside so that they can keep that appointment? What did they have to do so they can keep that appointment? But you know, what you're saying then is, I don't care what you did. I'm really much better than you, and my time is more important than yours. And so guess what? Whatever you did, I don't really care. Okay? But now I'm here, so let's get started. Okay? That's the attitude. Okay? And uh, we're saying we're more important than that. 
being late is actually a form of stealing. When we make people wait, those minutes spent waiting can never be replaced. When we are habitually late, what we're really saying, you know, my time is more important than yours. But you say, my boss makes me wait. Hey, he pays your salary. That's okay. If he wants you to sit there waiting for him, that's okay. You're getting paid, amen? Okay, but I'm talking about you doing it to somebody else, you see. It shows respect when we value their time. You know, I've found the greater the person is, the more they respect the time of others. That is true. The smallest people are the ones who couldn't care less because it's all about them. You is a mighty small package. You see, it's all about them. The greater the person is, the more they value other people's time. Now, what are the things we need to do? What are the things we do to cause us to be late? One, we underestimate the time needed. If we are always late, it's probably because we underestimate how long something will take. So one day you get to work and say, man, it took me 15 minutes to go to work. But it was a holiday and the traffic was light. So now in your mind, it's stuck, you know, 15 minutes to work, 15 minutes to work. Okay, and so now you, you, you leave, but actually it's 20 to 25 minutes to work. Okay, so we underestimate the time needed. Okay, and because of that, we're always 15 minutes late to work. So what is the solution to that? Change the time. Okay, I'm always 15 minutes late. So guess what? Maybe we should leave 20, 25 minutes earlier and get there. Or we become too optimistic. We schedule five hours of work in 30 minutes. I've done that. <laughs> Been there, done that. And uh, I had my illustration here. Uh, we were moving at one time, and I told my wife, it says, okay, we're, gonna, we're all packed up. We're going to move and then uh, unpacked. And by the night, everything's uh, put away and all, everything's set up. You know how stupid that is? <laughs> that doesn't work, amen? But I had it in my mind, okay, one day to move, unpack, put everything away. It doesn't work that way. We become too optimistic. You see, and guess what? We're always late, always running behind because now we're not realistic, okay? We take on too much. And because we take on too much, we're not accomplishing anything. We're always late with everything. Or we procrastinate. Could be we're always late because we put things off until the very last minute. We wait too long to get started and end up being stressed and being, being late. You know, college students, you know, they know from the beginning of the semester that they have four papers due at a certain day, okay? And guess when they, do, they start their research work? The week before it's due. And they have four papers due and guess what? They're stressed out. Okay? Why don't you just figure out how to do it little by little so that you're one week ahead instead of one week and I still got four papers to do. Okay? Procrastination. Or we're easily distracted. We are on our way to an appointment, but on the way we think, you know what? I have to check my email first. And while you're there, you know what? Oh, let me, let me update my Facebook page. And remember, you know what? I need something at Amazon. Let me buy that first. Prime, right there. Ooh, I'll get it tomorrow. Look at that. And by the time you get out the door, you're 30 minutes late. We're easily distracted. 
a lack of motivation. It has to do, again, with procrastination. Some people say, you know what, I just work better under pressure. No, you're just lazy. I'm so sorry. Don't you like it when a guy just says how it is, amen? I'm not being mean. I'm just being truthful. Uh, you, you lack of motivation. He says, man, I just work under pressure better. You know, it's, you know uh, the boss says, I've got to have it done this week. And, you know, I've just not been, I've just not been highly motivated until now. Okay, yeah, you're highly motivated now because now the deadline is there. Okay, you put it off. Okay, you're in lack of motivation. It's not that you're, uh, you, you, you know, you work better under pressure. We're probably just lazy. Now, how do we fix the problem? There's always a root to everything. And I believe it's, uh, the root stems from not being humble. It's a spirit of pride. I gave you that list George Washington lives by. You saw the, the spirit there. The spirit is, I'll do it for that person. I'll behave a certain way because it's good for that person. I'll, you know, I, I won't impose my will on others because that's not good for them. You see, it's not about me. So if we would honestly humble ourselves and think more about others than we do about ourselves, we go a long way to changing our behavior. And it's not just uh, affect punctuality. It affects other areas in life. You see, we treat the, the, uh, the symptom. The symptom is being tardy all the time. But what's the root? The root is we really don't care about others. Treat that first. And guess what? It'll change a lot of behaviors if we truly put others first. Just like Jesus said, let nothing be done through strife or vain glory. But in loneliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. We live in a society that is proud, a selfish society, a me society. It's all about me. That's why people get offended so easily. It's all about them and men getting offended. Did I say this sometime, uh, recently? I think I did, didn't I? Men, I think it might have been Sunday school, but men getting easily offended. Okay? This might offend you, men, but <laughs> if you're easily offended, I have a big question mark. If you are a man. Man, listen, you're not nice. I'm not. I know that. I just tell it like it is. But you know what? Don't get offended, man. Deal with it. Amen? Problem comes. That's what men are for. Problem solvers. That's what we're supposed to do. Problems come. Don't complain about it. You can't do anything about it anyway. The problem is there. Take care of it. Deal with it. Hey, man. Okay, but don't complain and, you know, and don't get offended. You know, you don't need a safe space. Hey, man. Praise the Lord. <laughs> It's God-like to be on time. Let's think more about others. And it's, it's just one area, the area of being punctual. But in every area of our lives, why don't we esteem others better than ourselves? I guarantee you, it will change the way we treat others.
And starting with this thing of being late all the time. You know what? Your boss, uh, you, you owe it to your boss to be at work on time. He or she pays you to be at work on time. You owe it to them to be at work on time. But more than that, we owe it to our Savior to be the right example of Christians. I'm not sure about the salvation testimony of uh, George Washington. You know, I've read both cases either way. You, you know, but you know what? Back in those days, the founding fathers were God-fearing. That was the difference. They were God-fearing. And because of that, there was a certain humility about them. We don't fear God anymore. You see, that's the problem. And because we don't fear God anymore, we become proud. As if, who do we really think we are? You see. But if we get back to the right vision of who God is and who we are in His sight, you know how thankful we'd be all the time we realize that a holy God who is far beyond compare would step down on this earth and die for our sins. It should cause us to bow down and praise God and say, God, we're so unworthy. Who am I that a king would bleed and die for? Who am I that he would say, not my will, but thine for? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Who am I that he would shed his blood on Calvary? Who am I that he would suffer and die like he did? Who am I? I'm nobody. But I'm glad that Jesus Christ thought I'm somebody enough to die for. You see, let's lift God up. And we'll figure out who we really are. Humble yourselves before him. The Bible says. Too much pride. Too much pride even in the Christian world. Who do we really think we are? I don't know how it's going to be at your work. Maybe, you know, it's a, it's a message that helps us. I hope it does. But maybe there's a change at work. And people are going to notice this. Man, there's something changed there. Won't that be good? That's a good testimony. We all need help, amen? And uh, by the way, as far as this time of being punctual, Jesus Christ is coming again soon. And by the way, Jesus is coming back right on time. And so if you're here and you say, you know what, if Jesus comes back, I'm not sure I'm going to heaven when he comes because there's going to be a rapture of Christians. That means those that are born again Jesus will come back for and take with him to be in heaven. But those who have not trusted Christ will be left behind. If Jesus Christ comes back, and I don't know when it is, but it's going to be right on time, will you be going with Jesus? If not, you can make sure of that today. Jesus Christ is the only one that can take us to heaven. It's not good works or religion, church membership, or anything else that we do. It's all that Jesus did on Calvary that gives us eternal life. And by faith in what he did for us, God says, I'll give you eternal life if you would simply put your faith in Christ. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. 
For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.